Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you are regular with us, you're going to sit here today thinking, wow, we are mixing up the order of service, which is absolutely correct. If you are a visitor with us, we're still mixing up the order of service. Come back next week, and uh, we'll be just as crazy next week. Um, if you've got a Bible, grab it, turn to Mark chapter 9. If you don't know who I am, my name is James. I am the other, one of the other pastors on staff here. Uh, I will dismiss the kids, but not yet, okay? So just bear with me on this. Like I said, we're mixing things up. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Parents, don't answer this really, really loudly because your parents are, your, your kids are in the room. But do you ever wonder, parents, if your kids are ever going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe your kids are grown. Um, maybe you wonder if your coworkers are ever going to learn. A couple of amens to that one. Didn't even have to ask for it. That's awesome, right? Well, if we go back to the kids, Christy, am I a little loud? Do you know? Oh, there we go. No? A little bit more. Oh, there. There. Perfect. I was hearing a ringing in my head, and I didn't know if it was just me. Ah, uh, which would not have been uncommon. Okay, where was I? Uh, parents wondering if their kids are ever going to learn. Are they ever going to learn that it takes two hands to pour milk, right? One to put your hand on the jug and the other actually hold the cup first, right? Parents of boys, are they ever going to learn to aim? <laughs> John. <laughs> are they ever going to learn no matter how many times you tell them don't play in the street. I hope they learn that one sooner than later, right? Are they ever going to learn? I wonder if Jesus ever thought that of his disciples. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we're going to go different today. We're not going to dismiss the kids yet. In fact, I'm going to invite the kids up in just a little bit. Kids, give me about eight minutes to talk to your parents, and then I'll invite you up here, okay? Um, let me see. Let me see. Last week, we looked at Jesus healing a boy that uh, kept having seizures. And it wasn't the first time Jesus had healed a kiddo, and it wouldn't be the last time that he interacted with them. Uh, we pick up the story today in Mark chapter 9, verse 30, right after Jesus uh, has this conversation with the disciples about why they couldn't cast the, the, the demon out of the boy. It's Mark chapter 9, verse 30. It begins... Leaving that region, they traveled throughout Galilee. And I'm going to stop there. Because that just tells us that Jesus and his guys, his group of people, were wandering around. He was teaching them. He was spending time with them. He knew that he was on his way to Jerusalem to the hardest week of his life, and yet he's pouring his life into the disciples right there. Now, while he's out teaching them, I've, I've got to imagine that sometimes they got it, and sometimes they didn't, and sometimes he's like, come on, guys, like, really? Just pick up on this. There was another afternoon, they were out taking a walk, and Jesus was a little bit ahead of them, and they were walking behind, they were arguing about who was the greatest. We're going to come back to that text next week. This was just another lesson that Jesus tried teaching them, and they just didn't get. And we come to this in Mark 9, verse 36. Jesus then put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. 
And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but my Father who sent me. He put a little child among them. He, he took the child in his arms and he said, anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but the Father who sent me. The disciples were going to have to think about that one for a while. All right, they're, they're probably sitting there wrestling like, was Jesus talking about the kid or about him or about God the Father? And why in the world would he use a kid as an example? Why would, he, why would he pull this kid in the middle of it? You see, back then, kids were one of the lowest people on the totem pole of life. All right, They, they weren't really valued, their opinions at least. They, they were considered spiritually dirty. And especially religious people wouldn't touch them because they would then become polluted. And yet you see Jesus take this child, put him in the middle of the disciples. And not only that, he picked up the kid. Not so much for this rabbi being spiritually and ceremonially clean, right? I don't know for sure, but I wonder if the disciples, when Jesus said what he did in verse 37 about welcoming the kid and welcoming him and welcoming the father, if, if, if they would have spent more time thinking about his words or his actions. I don't know. They wander around for a few more days, maybe weeks, walking the dusty roads. There's, the disciples are probably seeing the weight of Jerusalem get heavier and heavier on Jesus' shoulders. And, you know, maybe there's times where he's trying to teach them and they're horsing around like disciples, kids, I mean, disciples do. And, you know, it's like, guys, I need to teach you some stuff. And, and then there's this another walk and this other time where they're, again, the disciples are talking about things that, um, that they should know by now. And I think Jesus probably looks at them kind of corner of his eyes, kind of askance at them, and says, will they ever learn? Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw this was happening, he was angry. Makes sense. He was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. Will they ever learn? But let's give the disciples a little bit of grace, okay? They had watched how busy Jesus was. They had seen the weight of the cross slowly starting to, to lay heavy on his shoulders. These guys were just trying to protect Jesus' time, his space, his, his bandwidth. Didn't the parents understand Jesus had, had something to go and do? Well, let's give the parents some grace, all right? Even though kids weren't really high on the totem pole, on their first birthday, the kids would be brought to the synagogue in an order for the dad and the rabbi to put their hands on the kid and bless them. This was a traditional practice. The blessing was, uh, the kid, may you be famous in the law, faithful in marriage, and abundant in good works. So these parents were just doing something that they would normally do on the first birthday out on the roads of Galilee. These parents were just doing what was a normal day, right? Jesus was busy, yes, and though he's focused on the task, kids hear this. Jesus always have time for you. Jesus always has time for the kids. You know, and a, and a pastor would normally stand up and talk about the faith of a child and, and all that out of this text. I actually think Jesus was, was visually teaching a message that we often miss. All right? I, I told you that the religious people back then thought kids were spiritually 
dirty, spiritually unclean. It's because they hadn't learned all the rules yet. They hadn't memorized all the rules. They hadn't started to live out all the rules, which according to the religious leaders were how you get into the kingdom of God. And yet Jesus said, wait, it's these ones that get into the kingdom of God. See, the kids were learning. They were asking questions. They weren't running around thinking they had it all figured out like the religious leaders were. They were carefree. They were reckless. They were apologetic. They were full of life and vitality. They didn't have the weight of all the rules on their shoulders quite yet. They just wanted to hang out with Jesus, to have him toss them in the air, because I think he did that, to have him laugh with them, to have him look them in the eyes and tell them that he loved them. That's what these kids wanted. See, these kids had learned what the disciples were just struggling to learn. Jesus said, it's, it's the kingdom of God belongs to kids like this. Anyone who, who comes to me carefree, unhindered, wanting to spend time with me, theirs is the kingdom of God. And yes, I think that Jesus probably formally blessed the kids, right? He probably with a twinkle in his eyes like, your dad wants me to say this, okay, so may you be faithful in marriage and, and abundant in good works. But then I think he tickled them. <laughs> I do. I think he tossed them up in the air while they're laughing. They're giggling on the way up and they're belly laughing on the way down. I think Jesus took every moment he could to, to soak in the time with those kids because they were coming to him unhindered, not trying to earn their way to be made right with him. They just wanted to be wrapped in his arms. And if as a pastor I can do nothing else, I want you guys and our kids to know that that's how we need to come to Jesus. We need to come ready to laugh with him, to delight in him, come unhindered. We need to stop trying to earn our way to him. We just simply need to hang out with Jesus. And we've got people in here who, who, who emphasize that really, really well. And we've got somebody who has emphasized that really, really well to our kids over the last three years. I'd like to invite up Connie. Connie is going to come. She's going to sit on this stool. I didn't say anything, Connie. I don't know why they're laughing. Oh, I got you. Connie, I'm going to talk at you and at them. For the last three years has been pointing our kids to Jesus. She has been encouraging them to do what Jesus wanted them to do and just come to him. And I can tell you that I am grateful for that. I really am. Um, tissue? You weren't supposed to start crying yet. We'll get there. I'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're new here, we're, we're doing kind of a staffing reorientation, a reorganization. We've switched three part-time positions into one full-time position, which means Connie's oversight of children's ministry is coming to an end, but Connie's not going anywhere. I'm going to say that multiple times, okay? Connie is not going anywhere. Three weeks ago, we, we had Eric up here. We prayed for him. He was our youth, our youth director, and we sent him off to Timberview, where he's on staff now as their youth director. Two weeks ago, we, uh, we met Trevor via Zoom on the screen, and everybody talked back at him. It was fantastic. Uh, and then last week, we prayed over Trevor and Edie and their son, Felix. Today, we celebrate, but we don't send Connie. We celebrate, but we don't send her. Why? Because we are her church. She loves us. 
We love her, and though she won't be overseeing directly children's ministry, she's still going to be very, very active in all things that we do here. So today is not a goodbye. Today's simply a thank you. You got it? You guys got it? You're not saying goodbye. You're just saying a thank you. Thank you. Oh, there. Aw, that's really nice. Um, I was, as I was prepping, I was picturing Connie in the story today, right? Connie's a disciple of Jesus, but I don't think Connie would have been one of the 12 who was backing, you know, the parents away. Connie would have been boxing out all the disciples, right? <laughs> Come on, let's go, kids. Come on. No, you weren't supposed to fall. That was just the mental I had, mental picture I had. Yes. So, Connie, you need to hear from me how much I have appreciated you in these last three years. I have appreciated that you have, without any, uh, unapologetically pointed the kids to Jesus. And that's what we want to do all the time. I have valued all the things you have done. You don't just need to hear it from me, though. I've, I've asked a couple other people to come up and share. Uh, so any kids uh, that are going to be dismissed with Pastor Connie and any of the people who I've asked to share, go ahead and come on up, sit somewhere in the front. Um, and we are going to uh, speak some words of appreciation. And I am not going to give you a mic simply because I want you to receive these words. Okay? Oh, do you want the kids just to gather around? I'm just laughing. All right. Well, listen, you guys, come on, gather up, gather around. Anybody who's going to be dismissed, you guys can go ahead and you can either stand next to Connie or you can sit right up here, whatever you want. I'm going to mosey around just a little bit while they are all coming up. Okay. Miss Thea. I texted your mom and dad and asked if you would be willing to share something about Miss Connie, and I want to make sure Miss Connie's listening. Um, when that was that was not meant. When your mom and dad ask you about Miss Connie, what do you think of? Jesus. Yeah, so she always teaches you about Jesus. Yeah, what else do you like about Miss Connie? I like her clothes and necklaces. Her clothes and necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> You love Miss Connie? Yes. She loves you too. Very good. Mr. Merle, you said you'd be willing to share a couple of words about Miss Connie. It is a delight to uh, say just a few words about Pastor Connie. It's my delight and my joy to be able to recognize some of the character traits of her life. Now, all of those character traits, which are many, are wrapped up in the word guarantee. Guarantee is a promise to see something through to completion. We are honored today to be able to say, you fulfill your guarantee in loving, serving, Teaching, equipping the children to be followers of Jesus. She's modeled Jesus. And when we hired her three years ago, she came with that guarantee. Well done. We're not saying goodbye. Because like every character trait and every, every guarantee, her guarantee is to continue on in a volunteer role. Isn't that precious? And how do I know that? It's because Connie is a person of character. 
She represents Jesus. And if I can quote a very, very famous philosopher, Forrest Gump, <laughs> who said, that, that's about all I got to say about that. <laughs> Connie, I asked uh, Layla Mace to say something about you, but you know she's in San Diego. So her mom texted me some words from her mom. So this is Becky, all right? Layla, Layla fell in love with Connie's dog, Pepper, on a wintry walk at Riverfront Park, and then she fell in love with Connie. Suddenly, Children's Church was exciting to go to. She would beg to follow Connie around before Children's Church would start. It always made my mom heart so glad to see her happy at church. I have deeply appreciated how much Connie has poured her heart and time into this ministry at this church. And as a friend, I thoroughly enjoy our long chats and our sarcastic jokes. <laughs> she encourages me and helps me see things from a different perspective. Being a sister in Christ with her is a blessing. So even from San Diego, Becky is speaking from you, to you. Uh, Deb. I've known Connie on and off for quite some time, actually. Um, we have worked together on women's retreats, and we have worked together in and out, uh, both here at First Church and uh, at Opportunity Free Methodist. Um, we have been involved in things that have interwoven our three churches together that are in the local area. Um, but I really didn't get to know Connie well until the last couple of years while she's been here at First Church. One of the things that I love about Connie is she's funny and kind of quirky. And, <laughs> and, and I, I love that she has um, a deep spirituality. She loves kids, but she also loves adults. She's a great teacher, not only of kids, but of adults. And so um, I value our friendship very much. And I uh, wish you many, many more years of service here at First Church. So love you, Connie. Now, Connie thought that the Wagner family was going to be gone today. I didn't make them do anything, <laughs> but they have something, I don't know. Right. There's a lot to organize, so they each have their own little papers. Sweet. There's lots of, lots of kids. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we in order? Says Connie. A little acrostic poem for you. Um, but before we start, I just want to say that my kids know that you love Jesus, that you love to sing, that you love maps. That was their words. I love that you love maps. Cool. And I know that you love my kids. Thank you. All right. C is for how much you care for our children. O is for your outgoing original personality. N is for, you how, for how you navigate all kids' needs. <laughs> All of your nice singing numbers. 
I is for all your intellectual lessons and instructional math. E is for the energy you exclude. Exude. And before everybody goes and sits down, uh, Eric, who we prayed for and sent off three weeks ago, is one of Connie's best friends. And he is, of course, on staff at another church, so he is busy this morning, but we happen to have him via video. So, Connie, just turn around and let's watch Eric. How you doing? Uh, what can I say about you? Um, we've been through so much together and we've seen so much together. Uh, we've seen goats of iron. We've seen goats that fly. We've seen sheep with bells on uh, and osprey by the river. We've seen stones that roll and beetles that sing and temptations that dance. Uh, from heartbeats to orange drinks, trunk or treats, or just out to eat. For the love, Connie, what can I, see, what can I say the most um, about someone who deeply cares for everybody? You, uh, you love children, you love youth, your friends, family, and, uh, and me uh, to no end. Um, Connie, I've learned so much from you, um, from theology to, to um, kids, to ministry, to life, to politics, and everything in between. Connie, I just want to take some time today to let you know how valued you are, how wanted you are, and how needed you are. Um, in my life and in the life of First Church. Um, the ripples that you leave behind uh, spread and fill the Pacific Ocean. So anybody who's been in contact with you knows that they are loved, that they're valued because of you. So thank you for all you've done for me in my life and for the life of First Church. And, uh, and know that you are a blessing to people in the past, you're a blessing to people in the present, and you're a blessing to people that you come across in the future. We love you, Connie. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. Very good. Hey, kids, remember three weeks ago we gathered around Mr. Eric and we laid hands on him? Let's do that same thing for Miss Connie. 